there. This is Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week, I introduced Scott to a very interesting film. That, that's definitely a way to put it. I introduced Scott to 1985's Teen Wolf. I would say it's considered a cult classic. I know we were talking about So I Married an Axe Murderer not too long ago, and I felt like that was questionable to be a cult classic because I've never heard anyone else even talk about it. But apparently it was pretty popular when we put it up. Yeah. So I, I was surprised by that. But this I would definitely call a cult classic because it's pretty well known for its weirdness <laughs> but it's it's definitely i wouldn't say it's a great movie by any stretch no i i wouldn't say it's a great movie i, I think people love michael j fox and i think this is definitely one of those movies they don't revisit i don't think people revisit this movie very often no there's really no need to <laughs> yeah, there's no need to and if you look back on it with rose tinted glasses you're probably like oh that was a good movie i enjoyed it which i enjoyed this movie but it's not good. Yeah, I got a kick out of it, mainly because of Michael J. Fox and because of the doofy, weird choices they make throughout this movie, which we will get to, don't you worry. I, I honestly wonder how the series is. Well, uh, the series is is very loosely based on the film. I never watched the show, but from what I understand, it's mainly just the character names and the fact that there are werewolves in the show. That's really the only thing that's the same. <laughs> but I, I wonder what they did with it that is different. You know, like, what is it like a... It's more of like a drama, I think, like a Vampire Diaries kind of thing. Okay. Just It was like an MTV show it ran for i think like i think like six three years oh six years wow I thought yeah it was, like three. it was on for a while but um i mean there's a million especially nowadays there's like a million shows that went around like vampire shows and zombie shows kind of romanticizing the monster genre this definitely, I wouldn't say romanticizes werewolves. <laughs> if anything, it just it, it's it's played off like a party cork more than like a serious condition. <laughs> so this film is actually, as we're putting this out, it's celebrating its 35 year anniversary, which is why I wanted to do it this particular week kind of commemorate that but another thing we want to commemorate on this particular episode of shoot the flick is that we have expanded our shoot the flick family yes we have we have expanded it by one with our pup wolf our little our little baby wolf <laughs> we showed her off on instagram pretty recently but uh in case you don't know we just recently got a puppy we did her name is leia Leia Organa Eisenberg is her name. <laughs> and she's the cutest pup in all the land. That is definitely true. She is very cute. And she's very asleep right now, hopefully. Oh, she's getting there. She's, she's getting there. <laughs> so let's chat about this movie, Teen Wolf, shall we? We shall. It's kind of crazy because this movie came out the same time, the same year as... Back to the Future, which, of course, for Michael J. Fox, who's the star of this movie, was like 
a life-changing thing. I mean, it's what he's most well-known for. Everyone knows Back to the Future. It's my favorite movie of all time. A lot of people's favorite movie of all time. Yeah, it's in my top five. This came out, I think, within like a, a week or two of Back to the Future coming out. And it was like one and two in the box office. So that's kind of crazy. I feel like that hasn't happened a whole lot for actors where they they have two huge movies out at the same time. Well, yeah, it probably doesn't happen very frequently because usually A, movies can be a huge goddamn commitment of months and months of time. Though, God, this movie probably took them two weeks to film. At some points, it looks like it. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. It's not very complex. But, like, some movies also take longer in editing, so that might be the reason. Like, one of those movies was filmed the year before and just took a while to edit. But uh, they were about to do it with Keanu. Keanu Reeves was about to have The Matrix, the new Matrix, and the new John Wick come out on the same weekend. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Oh, it feels like a million years ago. (laughs) So this movie was directed by a Mr. Rod Daniel. This was the first in like a handful of theatrical films that he did. He mostly directed television. But fun fact about him... He voiced all the growls in this movie, as there are many. And also, interestingly enough, the two writers of this film were interviewing a lot of directors trying to find the right fit for this film. And they would ask these several directors what the movie was about. And most of them said it was about a werewolf. But Rod Daniel, when asked this question, said it was about a father and son relationship. And the writers were so impressed with that answer that they gave him the job. Now, do I agree (laughs) with that assessment? No! I really don't at all. The father is barely in this movie. Yeah, if they, if it was about the father-son relationship, they must have cut out all the father's bits. Like, they, they, they do touch on it, but it's mainly about the main character, who is Scott Howard, played by Michael J. Fox, and him dealing with the fact that he's a werewolf, like, with his friends in school and everything. The father is part of it, but a very small part. <laughs> and honestly, he really only has one shining moment i would say but it's not even that crazy of a shining moment yeah we'll 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 talk about it more this movie was written and also produced by jeff loeb who wrote for film and tv but he also wrote several batman and superman comics Ah, which i thought was interesting and his writing partner is named matthew weissman And these two guys have collabed in the past. They wrote the story for Commando. Oh, okay. I knew I knew that name from somewhere. Fuck you, asshole. Fuck you, asshole. This movie, like a lot of kind of 80s movies, spawned a lot of spinoff things. It had an animated series, short-lived like most animated series based on 80s and early 90s movies. Why did they do that? I don't know. They got into a phase with that and it was weird. They also had a notoriously shitty sequel with Jason Bateman in his first film role, Teen Wolf 2. Oh, God. They were actually going to do another one with Alyssa Milano, but they ended up not doing it. So, um, yeah, this, this movie, it did well in the box office, but 
at this time, there was kind of a slew of cheaply made comedies that made bang for their buck. And that's kind of what the studio wanted for this movie. So they gave it a budget of a million dollars. Therefore, the gross was $80 million. And so it made its it made yeah it, it that's why we got a sequel because even though it pretty much was critically panned the average rotten tomato score is a whopping 48 percent it still made its money so they're like sequel time <laughs> they definitely tried to capitalize on mjf's boom in fame because mind you not only did back to the future come out the same time but this was during family ties which was a huge show at the time and michael j fox was big on that the mid 80s to the late 80s was like michael j fox's heyday like for sure he could not be touched despite that he absolutely hated this movie he has gone on record saying that he hates it and it sucked and i mean i understand because the guy had to put on this fucking ridiculous makeup and say these ridiculous lines and do these ridiculous things and it was just kind of like a shitty job i'm sure well everybody's got their matthew mcconaughey texas chainsaw performance yeah he had to be in the makeup chair for like four hours to put all the makeup on and you know and that's not even that bad man some of these some of these people do like 12 hours in the makeup chair yeah but he couldn't eat any solids he lived off of soup and milkshakes throughout the entire shoot (laughs) i guess the time i don't know if it's like that now but at the time they were afraid he was gonna gain weight no i think with all that makeup on he just couldn't move too fluidly ah makes sense okay so scott how did you feel about this movie overall um, I get why certain people like this movie. I'm not sure I l- love this movie. I'm not sure I actually ever want to watch this movie ever again. It was cute. It was fun at parts. It's very hardcore in the 80s. Oh, definitely, yes. I mean, MJF essentially carries this movie on his shoulders. If he wasn't in this... It would be completely in obscurity, like no one would give a shit about it, and no one would probably even know about it at all. He brings his normal MJF charm to it, and it kind of carries you through. Yeah, he helps a lot. Uh, but it was fine. Like, it, it's fine. I, I would also say it's fine. Everything's fine. But the monsters. It's fine. It's fine. Are you sure? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe it is fine. I remember watching this movie a long time ago only because of MJF. Because, again, I'm a big fan because of Back to the Future. And I remember just feeling like, okay. <laughs> but I wanted to show you this movie because there is a charm to it, but it's also very weird and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense sometimes. It's definitely worth watching just for like the weird aspect of it. So yeah, let's let's get into the nitty gritty here. Yeah, let's definitely get into that nitty and that gritty. So we start off with our opening credits, and I just want to mention this. Any filmmakers out there, um, don't just blow off your opening credits like the opening credits are important they, they hook you in as the audience well okay. they set the tone that's true but i feel like opening credits are a thing that has kind of gone away through history like it, it doesn't like you see them pop up every now and then but now i feel like it's a lost art that's that's true 
here's a lesson in what not to do. Don't just do a black screen with white Ariel font <laughs> and just powering through your opening credits. It's it's very it's very boring. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was weird because the first shot after this is you looking up at a light and then Michael J. Fox kind of just pops into the picture. Yeah, he's in the middle of a high school basketball game. Very like High School Musical three, you know. We're getting into the the championship game. Slow motion, sweat is dripping. Yes, oh. I just made a High School Musical three reference. I'm 28 years old. No, come for me. The thing is, though, like High School Musical and all those, like they sweat, but it's like, oh, it's a light drizzle of a sweat. He is dripping. Yeah, MJF is dripping. So, Michael J. Fox, who plays Scott, ah. he is on the basketball team, the Beavers, at his high school. The and they suck. <laughs> oh, they're terrible. They're playing the Dragons, and Scott is sparring particularly with this guy, He's quite a bit larger than him. His name is Mick. He's our typical high school bully in this movie, except he's 20 years old. (laughs) They mentioned that he's done time, and that's why he got held back. That's how they try and pass off that this actor clearly is not in the high school. But mind you, none of the actors look like they're in high school. It's that typical kind of 80s thing that they did, and 90s too, I think, I some think of them. I think they still do it. Yeah, we're like, they're clearly in their 30s, <laughs> or at least in their late 20s, and they're playing teenagers. It's weird, but you kind of just have to have that 80s suspension of disbelief and just let it go. So they're playing the game, and... It's established that Scott isn't a great player, but he's not the worst. Like he's he's okay. Like yeah. he, the, um, the, the team's losing this game and they're losing it bad to the point where the coach is like, "Hey, we'll just forfeit and you guys can go home." And then it's getting towards the end of the game. Scott has another run in with Mick, the bully, and he growls at him. And it's like weird. It's like, hmm, what the hell is that? So they're getting right into the werewolf thing. Yeah. (laughs) Right off the bat. There's no easing into the werewolf thing because, hey, the movie's called Teen Wolf. Why do we need to ease into this, guys? Well, yeah, that's what I was wondering because I knew the Teen Wolf basketball. Like, I knew that part. Right. That's what everybody, I think, knows about this movie. But I didn't know how he became a wolf. So I was like, oh, we're just going right into it. We're just skipping how he becomes a wolf. So... the guy fouls Scott, and then Scott has to make a free throw, which I had to ask Scott what that was. I know I've seen it done before, but he's standing there and, like, dribbling the ball and about to throw it. I'm like, what is this called? Scott Scott says, uh, basketball? I'm like, yes, I know what basketball is. I meant what that particular thing is. And he's like, oh, a free throw. I'm like, thank you, asshole. Like, I'm not that stupid. I hate sports, but like it's very funny. Not yeah, that much. <laughs> it's very funny because as much as 
we are in love with each other. It's so funny because I have I have such a love for sports, and I'm Frankie not, despises it. I'm not despise. I shouldn't say despise. I can watch baseball and football. Like she, I watch the Super Bowl. She's she's got a periphery of sports. It's on the outside, like, and it's like yeah. uh, she'll she'll take it every now and then. I, I have very basic knowledge, obviously. Though at one point she did shoot a paper ball into our trash can and said Kobe, and I lost my mind when she did that. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, you know what Kobe is? I'm like, yes, I know who Kobe is. Like, why? (laughs) But anyway, so speaking of Kobe, Scott, not our Scott, Scott in the movie, he lines up to take his shot and he misses. (laughs) He actually did throw away his shot. So the game's over. The Beavers go into the locker room and they're like, you know, giving each other shit. There's the typical fat kid that they all make fun of and they call Chubby. And he, he's played by Mark Holton, who you might recognize in a couple of uh, minor roles he's had in movies. But Scott immediately recognized him as Ozzy from the movie Leprechaun, which I've never seen, but I hear it's a doozy. <laughs> Fuck you, Lucky Charms. Uh. Ozzy's one of the best characters in Leprechaun. Yes. Well, we decided that we don't really want to call this character chubby the whole time because it just doesn't seem right. So we're just going to call him Ozzy. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, MJF sits down and he realizes that he has this really long tuft of hair on his chest. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And he rips it off like, what the hell? So there's like little, little nods to the werewolf ism. And then we meet Scott's best friend, Styles, played by Jerry Levine. He really hasn't done anything as far as acting. He's mainly actually a director of television. He's directed episodes of Boy Meets World, Everybody Hates Chris, and Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Interesting. So we love that for him. But he essentially is our ducky of this movie. Yeah, he's like, kind of a dick. Yeah, he's kind of like a douchey, smart-ass comic relief character. Except we don't laugh at all at his character because he's not really funny. He's just kind of an irritant. Mostly like how Scott looked at Ducky. So <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. That works. But yeah, he's just like, hey, yeah, you guys did great out there, like being a sarcastic asshole. And then we meet our coach, Bobby Finstock. Scott goes to the coach and he's like, hey, I'm having some problems. I'm experiencing some changes. And I don't know if I really want to be on the basketball team anymore. And Is it women's just, drugs? <laughs> yeah, the guy's just like a weirdo. He's like, I'm very busy here, you know, Scott. I, I got things to do. Meanwhile, he's just eating chicken wings at his desk. Like, it's just weird. The IRS is breathing down my neck here, Scott. <laughs> he's a weird guy. And then, after getting really no useful advice from the coach, Scott leaves and he is walking to his father's hardware store which he works at but he's walking with his friend boof that's right i said boof and she is played by susan ursity she had a handful of movie roles in the 80s and early 90s and then completely retired and disappeared from the scene but yeah she's kind of like a cool girl she's not super popular yeah she's she's kind of a chill chick 
And what's funny about it is that Scott thought that her name was Booth, like like phone booth. And I was like, why do they keep calling her Booth? Like, why is that? Like, it's so weird. Like, what kind of nickname is that? And Scott's like, oh, well, maybe it's her last name. I'm like, Booth? What person has a last name Booth? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Booth, like, is a normal last name. I'm like, no, it's Booth with an F. <laughs> and he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's her fucking name. And they don't address it. They don't address her actual name or why her nickname is Booth. It's just weird. It's a weird thing that yeah. isn't addressed. And it's, I don't know. Yeah, I think her character's name actually is like Lisa Makati or something. But they don't say that in the movie. Yeah, they never say You it. just looked that up and it said it on like Wikipedia or something. It's not mentioned in the movie. Oh, not once. Yeah, I, I looked it up. I looked it up on Leatherboxd. That's where I found it. I don't know. But anyways, he's walking along with Booth and these two, they have a certain chemistry. They've grown up together, but they have a, the typical dynamic where like she likes him, but he doesn't really see her that way. And they're just friends. And it's it's very Ducky and Molly Ringwald. But in the same breath, though, it's kind of believable here. It is. I like their chemistry together. I think they're both very charming actors. So it works. So Scott's saying to Booth, you know, I don't, I don't want to be working in my dad's hardware store all my life. I want to be somebody. You know, the typical teen movie shtick. You know, in a small town. I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. That whole thing. Oh, here we go again. I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. I want it more. I love doing that. So Scott goes into the store and he's working with his dad, whose name is Harold, and he's played by James Hampton. Really? His name's Harold? Yeah, the dad. The dad's name is Harold. Holy shit, that's weird. Why? Why is that weird? My dad's name is Harold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is weird. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that is so weird. Ooh, this is creepy. Are you going to turn into a werewolf? <gasps> Scandal. I am pretty Guys, happy. this is getting weird. <laughs> I literally didn't even realize that because we always call Scott's dad Hal. Shout out to Hal. But yeah, that's so weird. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> that's so bizarre. Okay. So anyway, Harold is played by James Hampton. And fun fact about this particular character, the director... Rod Daniel, when asked to describe Harold Howard, the father in this movie, he said, and I quote, he's a man who knows how to make a casserole. <laughs> Which, like, true. Yeah, I could see that. He's like typical 80s dad. And he's a single dad, by the way. The mother has passed away. Typical Disney trope, even though this isn't a Disney movie. All the moms are dead. Except for, like, Tiana, and that's it. I think that's the only one that has a mom. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't Tiana not have a dad? Isn't that yeah, the, her dad it, died. It, it's yeah. Every Disney princess or prince, really, like, any Disney main character is missing one or both parents. <laughs> it's just the way it is. But anyway. Oh, my God. Spider-Man's a Disney princess. <laughs> so th they're working in the hardware store together, and all of a sudden... Scott gets this weird feeling in his head. He, he hears this really loud whistle. And funnily enough, when we were watching this movie, our dog, Leia, was sitting on the bed with us 
kind of watching it with us, kind of half asleep, half watching it. And every time the dog whistle would go off, she would like perk her head up and be like, what is going on? (laughs) What is that noise? It was really funny. But yeah, so there's this kid in the hardware store blowing a dog whistle and he, he does it like a few times. And we're progressively, as time goes on, getting more and more clues that like this guy has something going on. So the dad sends Scott back to the school with a bunch of supplies because the drama teacher has ordered some supplies for like the school play so scott is carrying a whole bunch of stuff into the school and he's like dropping things Ooh, you know misa clumsy that whole yeah. thing and he has a run-in with the vice principal of the school named mr thorne and he's got a real bone to pick with scott howard he doesn't like him very much he's very much a typical yeah, high school movie principal yeah, he, doesn't like the kids these snot nosed kids you know yeah he looks at him he goes you slacker <laughs> you better watch it McFly <laughs> so he breezes past the vice principal and he goes into the auditorium uh, to hand off the stuff and he sees Pamela his crush super pretty blonde big busted girl who clearly looks like she's in her 20s very developed um (laughs) and scott being the little twerp that he is he's very twitter padded with her but she doesn't give a shit about him so he's kind of trying to flirt with pamela there's a party a big party going on that night with all the kids and he tries to ask her to go to the party with him and she kind of just blows him off And then her boyfriend, who just happens to be the bully basketball player from the Dragons team from the other school, he comes in and picks her up and is like, hey, you're my girl, right? And they leave together. Oh, and and he grabs grabs a handful of ass. Oh, yeah. You know, very appropriate. So now we get a scene with Styles. He is with his little buddy, Lewis, and he is trying to buy beer at this convenience store and the clerk is not having it he's this old man and he's like i need id sonny and lewis is like listen it's fine like let's just forget about it and styles is like never say die and then he drives away and he goes to pick up scott at his house and he takes him back to the convenience store and he gives him a fake plastic gun and he's like okay you go in there and you pretend to rob the store and get a keg of beer and scott's like i'm not gonna do that i'll just go in and try to buy it and styles is like i don't know man that old guy at the at the counter he's not gonna do that he's not gonna go with that he ain't playing yeah so scott goes in and he tries to buy the beer he goes up to the the old man at the counter and he's like hey I, I want a keg of beer. How much is a keg of beer? And he's like, you got ID, Sonny? And he's like, oh, I don't need that, do I? And the old man goes off on, on Scott. He's like, what is wrong with you kids? Don't Can't you take a hand? I'm not selling you beer unless you have ID. Da-da-da-da. And he's yelling at him. And then all of a sudden, Scott, he gets very upset. And he leans over the counter. And we get our first glimpse at the special effects in this movie. <laughs> Ooh, this is- which are just, I mean, it's kind of crazy that this was made the same year as Back to the Future, whose special effects, granted, you know, looking at them now, you can tell that they're not from today, but... 
they hold up. They hold up pretty well. This I mean, does not. This does not. So Scott leans over the counter, and his voice deepens, very husky and grr, and he growls, and his eyes turn red. <laughs> It looks like they literally, it's not like, I feel like now if they did it, something like this, they would have the actor wear like red contacts or something. But no, they just basically had a filter over it with red eyes. Like it basically just looks like a filter you would do on like Instagram or something like with red eyes. It's so weird. And he's like, give me the keg of beer. And the guy, the old guy's like, okay. And he gives him the beer. So... It was a success. Hooray, hurrah. Styles and Scott are driving in Scott's truck and they're driving to the party. And Styles decides randomly for really no reason at all he's going to take off his clothes, put on a Hawaiian shirt and like funny, like oversized sunglasses, and climb on top of the truck while Scott is driving and van surf to the song Surfing USA by the Beach Boys. It's like in a lot of uh, 80s movies where like the funny comic relief just does like wacky things for the sake of being wacky. Like it's very much that. It's very much comparable to Ducky's scene in the record store where he dances to try a little tenderness. It's comparable to that. So while he is van surfing and Scott is driving, he notices in the rear view mirror as he's driving that his ears have become like perked and pointed like a dog. (laughs) Is he a werewolf or is he a leprechaun? (laughs) Oh yeah, we thought this was like fucking uh, Luck of the Irish. Irish. Love the the fucking Disney Channel movie, which I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before, but I only made Scott watch that for the first time pretty recently and uh, on Disney Plus, and it was kind of hysterical. I've seen Luck of the Irish. Oh, have you? Was Smart Smart House House you didn't see? I made him watch Smart House too. I love the Disney Channel movie bro it's so great we got to watch some of those at some point on this show we got to just have a day where we watch like a couple of disney channel original movies so yeah he notices his ears are pointed and he swerves the car like oh god and fucking styles falls back on the van like onto his back and he's like oh wipe out we're like a normal person in a situation like that would be screaming bloody murder oh my god i'm gonna die but no styles is cool and he's wacky so he's like oh so eventually they get to this party i guess scott's ears kind of calm down <laughs> yeah because they get to the party and everything's fine and he says to styles oh my god you're so crazy i would never do something like that wink wink, wink. you know like oh that's gonna come back Ooh. so now we're at this party um this party <laughs> it's weird <laughs> let's let's talk about this party i feel like a party scene a high school party scene is one of the most cliched and easy things to do right and somehow this movie does it wrong in so many ways 
So we walk in and there's this game going on. I don't know what the premise of this game is. Apparently there's a woman in lingerie walking around with like names and a hat and everyone's got to pull a name out of the hat and you do a thing like a dare with that person i don't know what the fuck it doesn't make any sense uh yeah we see on the floor there's two half naked children because they're all teenagers two half naked children (laughs) rolling around on the floor covered in whipped cream tied up like their hands are tied up and they're trying i don't know if they're i think their hands are tied together yeah i don't know if the goal is to untie their hands they're just wriggling around like it's weird and it's just like it's like the centerpiece of the party like throughout this entire party scene multiple things happen but the entire time these two people are rolling around on the floor (laughs) yeah uh ozzy is given the dare to eat a whole bowl of jello out of a woman's shirt yes we use the term woman loosely because again they're all teenagers (laughs) or supposed to be teenagers at some point in the night boof is asked to pick a name out of the hat and apparently it was another name but she lied and said it was scott because she wanted to do a dare with scott because she's got a little crush on scott i can relate scott's are very you know desirable so <laughs> styles is like the mc of this game because styles is ducky i guess yeah, what he's the people having these nicknames fucking chubs I don't styles know. poof I don't boof is the weird like how do you get that nickname we're gonna mention this quite a few times i have a feeling because i just don't understand did she like get boofed on the head like boof Boof. (laughs) anyway styles decrees that boof and scott will spend two minutes in the closet anything goes and i'm like two minutes like isn't it seven minutes in heaven but then i'm like oh well seven minutes is much too long we gotta move this fucking plot along here (laughs) but like in any other movie they would just be like oh seven minutes in heaven and they just because you say seven minutes in heaven in a film and you put two kids in a fucking closet seven minutes in heaven it doesn't mean you have to actually in real time pass seven minutes no you show like like it's not it's not that it's not that deep you literally show what you showed here right it's just oh it's seven minutes not two right so what they do show is boof oh my god i hate saying that stupid fucking nickname boof and scott getting in the closet and boof is clearly like flirting with scott he's a little uncomfortable at first but then they start making out as you do when your teenagers in a closet together but as they're making out scott's getting a little fresh a little well okay. a little frisky well he doesn't get frisky per se well he gets a little too much with her because she says, like, you're being a little too rough. And then he, she slaps him because she's like, oh, my, f- your fingernails and slaps him. Well, yeah, well, because he's turning into a wolf and he, his hands turn into claws. Right. You know, he doesn't know his own strength because he doesn't realize he's a fucking werewolf and he's getting, like, hot and heavy. Yeah, he's the Hulk but, as a werewolf. They leave the closet and Boof walks away and you see her sweater in the back is slashed like claw marks like, yeah. do- like a dog's claw marks and you're like what the fuck <laughs> and at this point scott is very concerned about what the fuck is going on with him so he goes home and he's also very sweaty and very very concerned he runs to the bathroom and we get the bathroom scene 
the bathroom scene in this movie is pretty iconic in that we get the real fucking visual effects in this part. Michael J. Fox is in the bathroom. He's looking at himself in the mirror and you slowly but surely see him transforming into a werewolf. The transformation is gradual. It's it doesn't it's not like, you know, he's sweating one minute and you cut away and you cut back and he's a full-blown werewolf his teeth are getting bigger well, he kind of looks like the hunchback get- in notre dame yeah and he's getting like hairier and hairier and then finally at the very end he's looking at himself in the mirror and at the end of this transformation he is full werewolf and i don't know how to describe <laughs> the, the fucking werewolf makeup the ensemble i just don't know it's like a werewolf got a blowout. Yeah. It, it's basically like a combination of a dog and the Cro-Magnon man. And he's just bugging out, looking at himself in the mirror like, what the hell am I going to do? And the dad starts knocking at the door. Son, let me in. What's wrong? Are you okay in there? Um, oh, no, I'm, f- I'm fine, Dad. I'm good. Son, I don't think you're okay. You should let me in. No, no, no. Y- you don't want to see what's going on in here. <laughs> and he's like, son, I demand you let me in this instant. And he's like, fine, Dad. You asked for it. And he goes and he opens the bathroom door. And we see the dad in a werewolf getup as well. He is also a werewolf. Yeah, this was a weird... Yeah, you were you were surprised by that. You're like, what? Because <laughs> yeah, okay, back to the hardware store. Uh huh. Why didn't he react to the dog whistle? Well, he probably has built up a tolerance. Because from what we understand, he mentions later on that he has been a werewolf at least since he was a teenager. Is this a curse? Is this a his, his, I mean, it's generation. He does say it's generational. Yeah, but like it, how? Like I want more. I want answers. How do you really need start? answers to Teen Wolf? Maybe, maybe I do. I don't think you do. Maybe I need prehistoric Teen Wolf or I whatever. I don't think you do. That's okay. It's it's fine. So essentially, the dad explains it's kind of a family thing. It's hereditary. Scott runs off. He's very upset at his dad for like lying to him about this huge thing which is fair but the next day he talks to his dad and his dad's trying to like explain all this to him he's like being a werewolf you're very powerful and with great power comes great responsibility (laughs) (laughs) you serious so scott goes to school and he's bugging out about this whole thing. Like at one point they ask him to go in front of the class to complete a math problem and he gets nervous and he starts to turn and he like runs out of the room. But later on that day, Scott decides he's going to come out to Styles. Why Styles? <laughs> because he's his best friend. No, don't come out to Styles. He transforms in front of him and he does it at will. And Styles asks him, like, can you just do that whenever you want? And he's like, yeah, sometimes, but sometimes it happens when I don't want to. I don't know. It's it's weird. But, like, they don't really, assess, like, the dad made it sound like it's this very powerful thing that he's got to learn to control. But, like, within a day, he's already learned to control it and turn it on and off. 
I don't know. I mean, he doesn't necessarily control it all the time, but he has some handle on it already. Yeah, pretty much. So, I don't know. But anyway, the thing with this movie overall, it, it hits all the typical high school 80s movie beats. However... There's no kind of logic stringing everything together. It's like they put all their eggs in the werewolf basket and they didn't really focus at all on the characters or them like having actual development. Yeah, I get that a great deal. Like I'm watching it and we've seen all this before. Yeah, you get the wolf and that's interesting for a little bit. But like there's, there's nothing new here. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. Again, I think the only thing that kind of carries this movie along is Michael J. Fox. Yeah, because you you know what? You're invested in Michael J. Fox. So Styles now knows that he's a werewolf, and he's very impressed with his werewolf skills. Scott helps him find his hidden stash of weed (laughs) with his super sniffing powers. And Styles is like, you know what? We can make something out of it. We can make money off of this. Because <laughs> he's a typical skeevy comic relief character. <laughs> money, money, money. Scott goes home after this. And for some reason, Boof is at his house playing basketball with the dad. Which, okay, like, I've been thirsty. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, especially as a teen girl. Teen girls are thirsty as fuck. But I can't think of a time where I, as a girl, or any other teen girl that I knew, would try to get at the guy by playing basketball with his dad. I mean, it's played off very wholesomely. It's not meant to be a weird scene, but it's kind of a weird scene. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's, it's one of those things, like, because at one point she did mention the father and how he's, he's such a good man. Oh, yeah, Scott thought that she was thirsty for the dad. Like, she was using Scott to get to the dad. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and it, there are moments that you could probably think that. Like they had a sordid affair. <laughs> but I think the the idea is, because the dad mentions later that him and Scott's mother were high school sweethearts and they grew up together. So he recognizes that relationship between Scott and Boof and he thinks that they would be good together. That's kind of the idea that I think they're trying to get across. Uh, are you saying that wolves imprint on people when they're very young? Oh god, no. We're not we're not making a Twilight reference. That's what we're not going to do. No. Hell no. 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 I refuse. No. We are not team Jacob. <laughs> or team Edward. We are team nothing with Twilight. We don't like her. So Booth immediately is like, hey, Scott, walk me home. And they're walking home and they have this cute little scene where they're talking about they're growing up together and how when they were little kids, Scott ran away from home and Booth went with him because she didn't want him to go by himself. And it was like a cute little scene. Yeah, it was cute. Again. Establishing their bond. And Scott brought up a really good point which i yeah i i don't really again it's another choice that was made that logically doesn't really make sense why would you go to styles with this werewolf thing and not go to boof because styles is obviously yeah he's a big dumb idiot (laughs) and he's an ass but boof is obviously there for you ride or die and she loves you 
even if forget the romantic aspect as a friend she loves you so like you can tell her any she literally says to him you know if anything's wrong with you you can tell me anything and he's like i can't i can't talk to you about what's going on with me right now so now we have this big huge secret that only styles and the father know and the cat's out of the bag the next fucking scene yes (laughs) they have this big basketball game and Scott, again, does a free throw, and he misses. And then there's a dive for the ball, and everybody's in the pileup, and Scott's at the bottom of the pileup. Yes. And then suddenly, he gets all hairy and shoves everybody off him, and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? It's dead silent, and Scott pops up as the wolf in his basketball uniform and he's just dribbling like slowly and like everyone's just kind of stunned silent not even going near him and by the way this is not actually Michael J. Fox doing actual basketball stuff this was his stunt double a college basketball player by the name of Jeff Glosser well you could tell it's so funny because I feel like movies now try to hide when it's a when it's a stunt double. Oh, you can tell immediately that it's a stunt double because he's about half a foot taller than, than Michael, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> but uh, Scott, as the wolf, he wins the game essentially single handedly for his team. But what's funny about this scene is that at first, everyone, the crowd, the other players, the coach, everyone's dead silent and like very confused. And then after he makes the first shot or whatever. Yeah, he dunks the ball. Everyone's just like, yeah. (laughs) Like, they're just on board with this werewolf. (laughs) They're like, okay. And then they just start playing with this werewolf. And the coach is like, we got a game to win, guys. And it's like, okay, we're just accepting this as a thing. Yeah, like, how many of you knew that werewolves existed before this? Because the way Scott's dad made it seem, it's like nobody really knows If they do know, they talk about it in hush whispers. Yeah. So now, now that Scott has won the game, he is popular. I know I'm a popular, and with an assist from me to be who you'll be, instead of dreary who you were, well, are. He comes in with, like, his letterman jacket on the next day at school, and he's got his headphones on, and he's as the wolf, like, 90% of the time in school now. And everyone's like hey hey team wolf hey team wolf they're calling him team wolf it's fucking stupid styles is selling shirts now oh yeah he's got merch teen wolf's got merch y'all teen wolf bud he marketed the shit out of teen wolf of course we have vice principal thorne come in randomly at this part and be like i don't know who you think you are but you are still a student and I'm still the vice principal, blah, blah, blah. And, and um, Scott is like, oh, yeah, so, oh, you look great in your suit. Yeah, 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 whatever you say, and walks away, like, all cool. And I'm like, oh, geez. Also, now that Scott is super popular, Pamela, our crush, is all over him. <laughs> and she wants Scott to be in the school play with her. Boof is kind of annoyed with him and how he's been acting because we kind of get like a little bit of a montage of him being really arrogant like in other basketball games kind of taking over the team yeah he steals the ball from his teammate Ozzy and his other teammate they're like "Mm, pissed off yeah motherfucker and Boof realizes that he's not really acting like himself but what I found interesting about the part where he talks to Boof he's normal when he talks to her he's not the wolf when he talks to boof 
with Pamela and with the team and even with Styles, he's the wolf and he's like cool guy, like, you know, trying to pretend that he's like this hot shit. I thought that was interesting, even though he's all into himself now and into the wolf. He still recognizes that that's not really who he is. Yeah. I just thought that was cute. It's definitely a good choice. But yeah, Pamela wants Scott or the wolf to be in the school play with her. Playing a Confederate soldier. And yeah, that's weird. But okay. <laughs> but uh, he's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And then the next scene is them at rehearsals. I almost want to feel like it's a high school production of like Gone with the Wind. That's kind of what it seems like. Pamela's playing the Southern Belle in the olden times, you know. And we see no other actors. Yeah, and then Michael J. Fox comes in as a Confederate soldier. I don't know. It's weird. It's definitely weird. But anywho, what's more important about this scene is what happens next. (laughs) So they go backstage... (laughs) the two of them and they're in the dressing room and Pamela is coming on to Scott and when I say she's coming on to him she's really just laying it on thick girl well it doesn't it's not only that there's one point early on that Pamela even brings up oh the director works me so hard that she's a slut because she even she's she, screwing the director she, yeah, is what they're she, implying because she calls the director by his first name mm-hmm. yeah they're, they're in the back and she's like kissing his neck and shit and it's so funny because it reminded me of the room <laughs> she's kissing his neck and michael j fox is just like oh pamela what are you doing You are an animal. It reminded me of the room when the girl's kissing Mark. and He's like, what are you doing this for? (laughs) Like every time. And it's like, dude, she wants to make out with you. I love how this reminds you of the room while this (laughs) reminded me of the Incredible Hulk. (laughs) With uh, fucking Edward Norton and Liv Tyler. Oh, yes. (laughs) And Liv Tyler starts trying to make out with Edward Norton. He's like, we can't do this right now. My heart rate gets too high. I turn into the Hulk and you'll be dead. (laughs) Yeah, well, because in the dressing room he's scott and she's trying to get the the wolf to come out so she's like trying to get him going you know can you say she likes doggy style ew scott (laughs) (laughs) but even funnier is right after that they cut to vice principal thorne in the parking lot going to his car and he's opening his car door and he just hears ow We love we love a cum joke. Because apparently when the wolf climaxes, it howls. So subtle. Oh god. So after they fuck in the backstage area, they decide they want to go bowling together. So Pamela and the wolf go bowling, and it just so happens that Mick, Pamela's little boyfriend is also at the bowling alley and Michael J. Fox turns to her and she's like did you know he was going to be here and she's like oh don't worry about it it's fine so they're bowling and Mick comes up to Scott the wolf and confronts him and this is a weird moment because he says something pretty major but it's said as like a throwaway thing and it's never mentioned again so what happens is Mick confronts Scott. He's like, don't you touch my woman. Okay. Okay, sweetie. 
But uh, he says... I've handled your kind before. Your mama used to steal chickens out of the backyard until I blew her head off with a shotgun. What the fuck? Wait, is that true? <laughs> like, it's never... And Scott obviously reacts and, like, growls at him and pushes him or whatever. Yeah, he throws the bowling ball. Yeah. But, like, after that, it's never mentioned again. And it's apparently this movie is about a relationship between a father and son. Well, father and son, I don't know about you guys, but if I had found out that my mother was brutally murdered by a peer of mine, I would go to my father immediately and be like, what the fuck is that about? But that's never addressed. Also, is that why Mick went to jail? <gasps> oh, my, Scott, you just blew my mind. <laughs> That's why he went to jail for animal cruelty. <laughs> that is a film theory if I've ever heard one. Thank you. Thank you. So after that bizarre moment, Scott is just casually walking Pam home. Like just la di da da No mention of this like incredible bombshell that this guy killed your mother maybe or was he joking? I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I don't get it guys. I don't know. Anyway, he's walking Pamela home and he's like, you know, I have this, we have the spring dance coming up. I wanted to know if you wanted to go with me. And she's like, oh no, no, no. See, Mick is still my boyfriend and I'm going to go to the dance with him. And Scott's like, um, but what about what happened today and what? she's like what about it and i'm like we, we had the sex <laughs> and she's like oh you silly thing oh don't no i no 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 <laughs> to quote back to the future he's an asshole and she is a slut <laughs> oh god yeah so now we cut to like the next day and styles styles is here and he's he's ready for action he has traded in his car for a wolf mobile which is essentially it looks just like scott's truck just painted green with a cartoon wolf and it says wolf mobile on it i'm guessing it's the same truck they just painted it and that's i'm gonna bet my bottom dollar on that they probably painted it and i think because again low ass budget they probably painted it and like changed the front rim so they get in this car and they they start to drive around scott turns into the wolf and he grabs styles and he's like no, it's my turn to surf. And he gets on the hood of the car. And he does Surfing USA by the Beach Boys. And he does his little van surfing. But he said in the beginning of the movie that he would never do that. And now as the wolf, he's on top of the van. And he's doing flips and shit on the van. And doing a handstand. Which, and it's a whole thing. By the way, physics would say, as you do a backflip... The car would keep moving, and you would fly off the car. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but yeah, I I, I don't know. Motion doesn't work that way. <laughs> but someone did that. Some like some stunt guy did that. Yeah, but I don't think the car was moving. I uh, maybe maybe it was like on a track, and it looked like it was. Or moving. Or maybe he was also on string. Maybe yeah, true. Oh yeah, that probably makes more sense. But as they're driving through town and scott is van surfing the dad he is in town and he sees it and he's like you're fucking making an ass out of yourself like what are you doing by the way while styles is drinking oh is he drinking i didn't he's even fucking notice because uh, the only reason the father like looks up because <coughs> the father's talking to a customer i think 
Oh, okay. And Styles is drinking a beer. He goes, and he's like, yeah, and he throws the beer can. Oh, okay. And he yeah. lands at the father's feet, and the father looks up, and he sees his, his son doing a handstand on the top of a fucking right, van. Right, yeah. So later on at home, the dad's talking to his son, and he's like, you got to get a hold on this werewolf stuff. And Scott's like, I'm trying. You know, I got all, I, I got all these problems. I'm a teenager with problems. My vice principal doesn't like me. And he's giving me shit. And my team hates me and blah, blah, blah. So this is where the dad gives us the explanation of his history with vice principal Thorne. Vice principal Thorne apparently had a thing for Scott's mother. Even though Scott's mother was with Harold Howard. Eventually, uh, the father wolfed out in anger and scared the shit out of him. Literally. Yes, he apparently pissed and or shit himself. <laughs> so that's that's going to come back later. Scott is like, oh, I wish I could have seen that. Da, 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 da. And the dad's like, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. You don't want to scare people. <laughs> like, You have to get a handle on your emotions so you can get a handle on the wolf. You know, it's like the force. You got to control your emotions to control your connection with the Force. We're making all the references today. <laughs> oh, God, he's fucking Anakin Skywalker. So, the next day, him and Boof are walking to school together, and he asks Boof to the dance. Now, I'm sure she maybe didn't realize that she was second pick behind Pamela, but we're going to let that go for now. Boof says she will go with Scott to the dance as long as Scott is the one that takes her and not the wolf. But everybody wants the wolf. The wolf's gotta be there. Oh my god. It's, it's so important for the wolf. You are such an idiot. <laughs> I don't mean this, Scott. I mean the movie Scott. You're stupid. You have this beautiful young lady who clearly loves you, and yeah. you're like, I'm gonna be the wolf. That's the other thing. Usually this character... Boof's character would be kind of like homely. Homely. She'd be like the, like nerdy. The nerdy. She the the ugly girl becomes the swan kind right. of character. Yes. Exactly. But Boof's good looking throughout the entire yes. movie. Boof is good looking. She's very lovely. She's, She's got no, a great personality. There's like no, what's wrong with her? <laughs> Scott refuses to go to the dance as himself. He wants to go as the wolf. So Boof. Instead of giving in and saying, fine, she says, then I'm not going to dance with you. But she says, I'll save one dance for you. But that's it. That shows that she still loves him. She still cares about him. But she cares about him. So now we're at the dance and they're playing Saturday Night Fever over him in front of the mirror, blowing out his mane. <laughs> and it it essentially looks like the Snooky poof on top of his head. It looks redonkulous like so stupid i just can't express the level of stupid but we get to the dance and the crowd of kids it parts for him and they they're clapping they're like ah the wolf is here and he comes in and he's starting to dance obnoxiously like weird a a knockoff thriller dance to a song by the wolf sisters Your 
Yeah, it's called Big Bad Wolf by the Wolf Sisters. It's a classic tune. <laughs> hey, why would these kids be dancing to this song? Because that's all they could afford, Scott. That's, that's, that is true, because you figure an 80s fucking power ballad, which all these kids would actually probably dance to, like Poison or Bon Jovi or like... Something like that, but I guess it's not on the nose enough. <laughs> so Boof and him have a cute little moment. She kind of steals him away after their dance together. She pulls him into the hallway and she just starts making out with the wolf. <laughs> so she's got, she, she recognizes the animal magnetism of the wolf. She like pulls him aside as the wolf and they're making out. And then it cuts back into the dance. And then they cut back to them two in the hallway and she pulls him back into frame and he's Scott. And it's like, oh, it's like a cute little thing. She's like, I just want Scott for like half an hour. I, I miss him. And I was like, oh, it's just it's cute. Like, if anything, when the writers were asking around to these directors, what's this movie really about? And Rod Daniels said, oh, it's a, about a relationship between a father and son. I mean, it, it's not not about that, but I would argue it's more about a relationship between these two childhood sweethearts, you know? And them going through changes. Yeah, all oh, development and stuff, like the transformation of a werewolf and the coming of age of, of Scott from boy to man. It's such, oh, such symbolism in this movie. Such I changed my mind. This is a five uh, out of five. <laughs> you just don't get it. A puberty symbolism. Oh my gosh. Okay, so... So they walk back into the dance and Pamela and Mick have been arguing because Pamela said she would dance with the wolf at some point and Mick is not very happy about that. Mick decides he's going to show Scott what's what and he comes up to Scott and punches him in the face like, you stay away from my girl, you piece of shit. Yeah, and he, in his little tirade to Scott, says stay with your own kind like that piece of trash right there referring to Boof. so when he says that scott gets up as the wolf he turns back into the wolf because he's angry and he slashes at mick rips his shirt open and then mick tries to get at him and they're like kind of fighting but then scott looks over into the crowd and he notices Styles is scrawny friend Lewis from earlier in the movie and he's looking at him kind of like scared and then he realizes like oh this is what my dad was talking about I don't want people to be scared of me so he just turns around and leaves yeah Lewis has a weird thing yeah he's scared or he's just kind of avoiding Scott throughout the whole movie and like he mentions it once to Styles and Styles changes the subject immediately it's just weird and it's never really like addressed because Lewis is the only one who has this reaction right. to the wolf. Everyone else in the town buys in the teen wolf. Why is Lewis the only one who doesn't? Because he knows Scott. He was friends with him. Like it, earlier in the movie when they were going to that first party, they were chatting and they're like, Lewis was saying to him like, oh, you should get with Boof. Like she's yeah. cool. She's nice. You know, Styles knows him too, but Styles isn't afraid of him because he's like making money off this, yada, yada. You know, no. he's making bank. Boof, she's not afraid of him because she's like 
madly in love with him. Yeah. Lewis kind of has enough objectivity, I think, but just, still knows him. So it's like that kind of. It's just interesting because he's middle of the road thing. I get I it. Think. But it's interesting because it's never really addressed. No, it's true. It's it's not. Like, it should be. Why is he the only one? There should be a moment at the end of the movie when everything is right as rain, where he goes up to Lewis and like gives him a hug or acknowledges him or something. But there really isn't that moment. I don't know. So Scott uh, walks out of the dance trying yes. to calm down and Thorne comes up to him and goes, I got you now, you piece of human trash. You won't be here anymore. Even though Mick started this fucking fight. Mick punched be, him in the face to, in front of everyone. Right, and I get that. But also, kids have fights in school. That happens. But not every kid can turn into a wild animal when that, they're angry. Again, that's true. Not every kid's an animorph. But... uh <laughs> Even still, you sit there and you pick a fight with the kid who can turn into a werewolf and punch him in the face. You're asking for what comes That's next. That's true. You also did, said earlier I that you how. shot his mother in the face. You Scots just, you know, defend each other to the death, don't you? <laughs> but anyway, right as Thorne is getting in Scott's face, his dad shows up at the nick of time and he sends his son home goes up to Thorne and he's like you need to just leave my son alone okay? he's going through some shit he's a good kid he's going through a rough time but you need to leave him the fuck alone and he gets in his face and growls and then they both look down I think I just shot myself and the dad goes okay I think we understand each other now and he leaves I was like okay <laughs> he peed or shit himself again yes we we don't know. They don't pan down to his nether region, so we'll never know. It's one of the great mysteries of cinema. I need this to be discovered. I need the truth. So the next day, Scott's in school, and he has decided to be the wolf no more. The wolf is retired. And he quits the play, and he also quits the basketball team. Styles and Booth are talking to him, and they're like, dude, the championship game is today. Like, you can't just quit the basketball team. That's fucked up. And then Styles is like, and I have money on this game. And I'm like, Styles, shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's not important right now. By the way, if you have money on the high school basketball game, you are a degenerate. Well, he's a high schooler. What else is he going to bet on? The horsies? Well, still, you're you're betting on a high school basketball game. You're a degenerate. Styles is going to grow up and be a degenerate. No, he's going to be Jeff Bezos when he grows up. <laughs> That's the fucking tea. Jesus Christ. He's going to be a businessman. Business! But anyway, as Scott is leaving, Styles goes, hey, do the right thing. And Scott's like, that's all I want to do, man. I just want to do the right thing. And he walks away. Styles is all like, you got to be the wolf. You got to be the wolf. And Boof was like, yo, be you. Be you. Be the right. But why does Boof never look at Styles and go, shut the fuck up because man he's styles and he's gonna say whatever bullshit he's gonna say regardless of what she said like she's like ah whatever still stand up for your man so that's the end of that scene and they go to the basketball game one of the kids on the beavers team gets hurt they're playing the dragons again by the way mick is on this dragons team and one of the kids gets hurt and can't play and just at the right time scott enters as scott and again, everyone goes silent. There's a over the crowd. He walks in. And the um, coach goes up to him and goes, do we got the wolf? And he goes, no, we don't have the wolf. 
there will be no wolf. Yeah. It is just me. Bendy gives this whole rousing speech to his team. He looks at Ozzy and he goes, I think we can take these guys. That's terrific, Scott. Now, when do we get to see the wolf? Nah, Chubb, I mean it. I think we can win this. Look, this is the championship. Now, it doesn't matter how we got here, we're here. If we're going to win, we got to pull it off ourselves. You don't need the wolf. What's weird about this part is they all of a sudden make this about a teamwork thing. And like, I get it. Like earlier in the movie, he was being an asshole and making it all about him when he was playing. But we established already that the team as a whole sucks. <laughs> and they only got here because of Scott. So even though you're giving this rousing speech, that doesn't change the fact that they have no skills. <laughs> so the ensuing, Except for now, apparently. The, yes, exactly. The ensuing scene of the basketball game is kind of weird and just out of nowhere. They're suddenly okay and they're good at basketball and they're all working together and they're being a team and they're winning. And it's like, but they sucked when they were working as a team in the beginning of the movie. It, it doesn't, I, I don't know. It doesn't well, make a whole lot of sense, but let's just they, forget about they it. They come back. There's some ribbing going on between Scott and Mick because Mick keeps hard fouling Scott. They get to the end of the game and the Beavers are down by one point. It's 51-50. And fucking Scott's driving to the hole, and Mick fucking wrecks him for his fifth foul, knocking him out of the game, technically. So Scott has two free throws. If he hits them both, they win the game. Mick, being an asshole, even though the ref should shoo him off the court, is standing under the basket. There's zero time left. So it's just two free throws. If he makes them both, they win. And Mick's, like, staring daggers at Scott. Scott hits the first one, dribbles some more. He looks at Mick. Almost like, I got this, motherfucker. Shoots it, and the ball hits the front rim, hits the back rim, and then falls into the net, and the Beavers win. Yay, and the crowd goes wild. <sighs> Turns out he didn't need the feather to fly. He had it in him the whole time. That was a Dumbo reference. Yes, it was a Dumbo reference. No one's going to get that because who the fuck watches Dumbo? <laughs> I think everyone's going to get that. That's not an out-of-place reference. Okay, well, let's hope. <laughs> so the crowd lifts up Scott into the air, and they also lift up Ozzy, which is kind of funny. Yeah, Ozzy. They, they play it off as a joke. So it's like, oh, we're lifting the fat guy. Okay, whatever. But what's really good about this part is at the end, as Scott is being put back down on the ground, Boof is coming off the stands to go see him, but she gets cut off by Pamela. Boof is like, oh, okay, I guess Pamela's back on him now. I guess I got no shot. And Scott literally gets put down on the ground, doesn't even look at this slut, just brushes past her and embraces Boof and gives her a big old kiss. And I was like, yay! Yay! He gets it. <laughs> and then we get a freeze frame and some underpants. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a pretty infamous little scene in here where there's an extra with her pants pulled down. It's It It looks like it's a guy with his dick out, but it's, I think technically it's a female character with jeans on and like her pants were unzipped. Yeah, like you can like, see underwear. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's a weird moment literally blink and it's gone but it's such a funny thing because you, you know the when they got to the editing room and they saw that they're like oh, come on! but they're like ah fuck it no one's gonna care <laughs> we can't bring these fuckers back to do this again 
<laughs> I'll just fuck it, dude. Fuck it. But yeah, Scott embraces both Booth and then his father because this is all about a father-son relationship, yes. apparently. And then we get a freeze frame, and that's the end of the movie. That was Teen Wolf. That was Teen Wolf. So, what'd you think? It's again, it's it's fine. It's Michael J. Fox is good. I like Booth. Styles is a dick. My favorites are obviously Scott. I just have a thing for Scott's, I guess. Booth. And I do like the dad, too. I think the dad is cute. The, the dad's fine. I just wish, he, I kind of wish that the dad was in it more and yeah, had a more he, prominent role because he, when he was in it, he was good, but it wasn't like yeah, enough to really leave a mark. Yeah. Like, this is a movie that could have been up there with the 80s, admittedly cheesy classics, but it kind of falls short of that because there are so many, like, what the fuck. There's too much what the fuck and cliche. Like, if they went all cliche, it yeah. might have worked out Or better. even all what the fuck weird. Like, just pick a lane, you know? And that because of that, the tone of the movie is kind of weird. Yeah, because at one point I looked at Frankie and like, this is supposed to be a comedy, right? I know maybe we're not doing the best job at explaining it, but I do think even though I gave this a three out of five stars. Yeah, it's... it's You're like around there, like two and a half, maybe three. Yeah, I'm in that range. I'm in that ballpark. So even though it's not the best movie we've ever seen on this show, I would definitely recommend watching it, especially if you're a fan of Back to the Future. Because it is crazy to see this movie and realize it came out the same year as Back to the Future. And it's quality-wise and narrative-wise. So much less. It's so different. Yeah. And also, it is worth watching for the weird charm of it. It it, it is kind of similar to The Room in that way. I mean, it's not... I wouldn't say it's a so bad it's good movie. No, no, no. But I would say that there's a weird charm to it, like there's a weird charm in The Room. Again, if you removed Michael J. Fox from this movie and put any other kind of actor... Well, let's say Jason Bateman, because he was in the sequel. And it fucking bombed, so... (laughs) I just... It's a weird movie. It's a weird movie that... I had some good moments and had some really dumb moments. And uh, that's fine. It, it's, <laughs> it's a fine movie. It's fine. So that was Teen Wolf. And uh, we had a good time, as always. But next week, we're going to have an awful time. <laughs> because it's Star Wars time again. And usually that's a good thing. But this we're here. time, we're here. We're 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 doing it, guys. We're watching Rise of Skywalker. Okay, and we're gonna try and go in as open-minded as possible. We're gonna try, but I mean, I feel like within five minutes we're gonna get aggravated. We might, we probably will, but we're gonna we're gonna have a very interesting podcast. But you know what? The people love it. The people love it when we're pissed off, Scott. That's true. But we are going to try and see if our problems are still there. So what you're saying is that they fly now. They fly now? They fly now. No, what? Just hit me with the back to the future. <laughs> no, I will do that. We'll save that for the end. All right, so...
until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I am the one and only Scott. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out our weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our terrible, awful, horrifying movie adventure. <laughs> 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 <laughs>